This episode of Sexy Merge Radio is brought to you by Naked Bed, a sensual sheet designed to help you let go more during your intimate experiences and enjoy all that God's incredible gift of sex and marriage can be. Made of a luxurious fabric that rests right on top of your sheets, Naked Bed protects your linens from massage oils and all the other elements, giving you unlimited freedom without distractions. It can be playful, spontaneous, lavish, exotic, and these experiences can happen anytime with no mess and no fuss. Explore deeper intimacy and embrace peace of mind with Naked Bed. Go to sensualbedding.com, enter the word sexy at checkout for a free bottle of massage oil with your Naked Bed purchase. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. And those of you that have are paying attention, um, you should have noticed a little difference on that music right there. Because for the <laughs> last several months, um, I've taken the sultry voice of the woman I found in France that would do the voiceover off of the thing and did all this myself. But now I'm glad to say Shannon's back. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Sexy Marriage Radio where we're having conversations and it's great to have my co-host back in the chair with me again. And we're having straightforward, honest conversations about marriage and life and sex and the issues that come up with it and the problems that we have because we really believe um, married sex is the hotbed for sex and we want it to be all it can possibly be in your world. So if you want to get a hold of us uh, with anything that you've got on your mind that you want to share or even if you just want to say, hey, Shannon, welcome back, um, give us a call and leave us a message, 214-702-9565 or as always, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. That's always still there, and I've even got some people that have emailed in said anytime they hear the word feedback, they automatically add sexymarriageradio.com because they just listen to the <laughs> <their> show. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. I have to affirm you in so many different ways, Corey, but I love the addition of the voicemail element. I love hearing their voices and hearing them unpack their story in three minutes or less. We really want to emphasize that. You, you, You've got to cut it off before the three-minute mark or else it's going to cut off on you. But so many great additions while I was gone, and I just have to give a huge shout-out to Pam. I mean, she really carried the day. Not just the day, but the yeah. the quarter. She really carried the yeah. three months. Yeah, she rocked it. She was she was great. And um, it's been fun because the conversations she and I have had about show prep, um, about talking about after the show, uh, comments that come in in the inbox and, and voicemail. Um, it's helped us have deeper, different conversations than we normally would because it was kind of like insight into my world a little bit different right. than, than she usually gets. So uh, I also have to say I'm glad you're back. If for no other selfish reason than it takes <laughs> some of the tension between us out of it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that, I mean, I know that Pam respects you greatly already, but I'm sure that all this insider knowledge has made her respect level go up even more for you. Just knowing how hard you work to keep this thing, uh, rocking and rolling. Um, and I have to say, thank you guys so much for taking the steering wheel and holding things steady while I laid down in the back seat. (laughs) I needed that. Absolutely. And so if you're, if you're new to sexy marriage radio, welcome. 
glad you found us. If you've been around a while, then you know Shannon's been on a sabbatical for about three months. Three months, yeah. Uh, just kind of taking a break, uh, getting some bearings. The way I've kind of framed it is helping just get her feet under her and breathe. Um, mm-hmm. She's had a lot of things that have gone on in her life, and so one of the things that's that's a great blessing is just the ability to to heal that that God gives us and. And so we wanted to honor her um, as a show to give her that space <laughs> to, to do that. Um, but again, the show's got to go on. And so I love, I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll do this solo, but no guy, nobody wants to listen to a dude just talk <laughs> sex. I mean, that's how stereotypical can you get? Um, but, but it's just that idea of it's great to um, have the flexibility but it's also yeah. great to see you again, girl. And thank you. And have the chance to, all right, now let's kind of pick up and let's roll. Let's, let's, let's kind of get some energy going again. But I do want, just for the sake of um, kind of, uh, what would it be? Uh, reacclimating into the world. Exactly. Reintroducing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, just, just let, let's get people caught up just with a quick kind of conversation. Uh, and cause Absolutely. I, I want to hear, I mean, we've, we talked quite a bit while you were away and mm-hmm. stayed in touch through all of this, but it's still, yeah. there's some things I'm not even privy to of, yeah. of kind of, well, you've been a huge personal support, Corey, you really have, but I really appreciate my closest friends and confidants giving me that time and space that I need. I mean, I've, I've really sabbaticaled from a lot of different things. Um, coaching was not one of them because it really helped me to get out of my own head and into somebody else's world for a little while right. at a time. But I did want to share with our listeners three things that I have learned over these past 100 days of sabbaticaling, okay. which I really never thought about the connection between the word sabbatical and Sabbath, but it, that's what it's truly been it's for exactly me. exactly what it is. It's time to exactly. rest and recharge and refocus. Well, and what occurred to me is when I invented the word sabbaticaling as, it's, as if it's a verb, I realized Sabbath from your calling that I really just felt God saying, there's no pressure, yeah. no pressure at all. And, and I... You know, I love how God relates to us right where we are. Yep. You know, and just and wherever we are is totally okay. But I wanted to share about just a, a couple tidbits about grief, about loss, and about developing a whole new normal. Because I know that everybody, I mean, this life is not, like, no one's exempt. No <laughs> right. one is exempt from having to go through grief or loss or developing a new normal as a result of yep. those griefs and losses. And so the first thing about grief is that there is no way around it except through it. Right. And I think that when these losses were happening in my life over a year ago, uh, I really was trying to get around it. And I, and you don't even realize you're doing that until you look in the rearview mirror in you know, hindsight's 2020. But the greatest gift that you can give yourself is time to grieve and patience with the process and the freedom to make that process look however you need it to look. So like for me, it was just reorienting my whole life around nature. And I've been able to release so many tears hiking these mountains and strolling along the river. This has been the greatest move for me to just open up those channels and just let that grief just come gushing out. Um, and then the second thing Hold is- Hold on, I'm going to stop you just real quick. I, because, I was going to say, by all means, yeah, jump in and, and let's make this a because conversation because I know you deal the, with a lot of people. The in Sexy these Marriage Radio Academy members are aware 
that that you've moved from Michigan to Tennessee, but I bet our listeners, some of them aren't even aware of that. That ah, so when you talk about hiking these mountains and the river and the nature that you live in, you know, Chattanooga is yep. a far cry different than Lansing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people have asked me, what in the world made you move from Texas to Michigan? I mean, even people in Michigan were like, why in the world would you do that? I thought that after the divorce, I needed to be close to family. Yep. I realized in hindsight, that was codependency on my part, that being close to family is important, but being in an environment that feeds your soul, and for me, that's warm weather and sunshine and back in the South. You know, you can take the girl out of the South, but you can't take the girl, or what is it? You can't take the South out of the girl. Right. Um, I, I had to get back to a place that fed my soul, okay. even if it meant that my cousins weren't right down the road. Yep. And so it, lesson learned, I don't do gray skies and cold weather long-term. Some people can, my son just moved to Minneapolis and he's just loving it. Yep. Even though it's 18 below zero some days, but I can't do that. That's just not me. Okay. So I feel like this adjustment to Chattanooga, Tennessee in a condo that overlooks signal mountain and the Tennessee river has been so what my soul Good. needed okay. to, to just feel like me again. Um, and so about loss, I mean, I have cried profusely over these three men that I've lost. And for those who you know have just started listening to the show and have no idea what three men I'm referring to, uh, going through a divorce after 26 years of marriage. I mean, even though Greg and I are still great friends and very close and raise the children together, I mean, they're in their twenties, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's you're, you're still parents, even when you got exactly. 20 year olds. And we still have a long history together. And, and so, but we don't have contact on a daily basis like we once did. Mm -hmm. And my dad committed suicide right about a year ago. And then I lost my father-in-law in May to cancer. And so realizing that, wait a minute, these are the three men who've had the deepest impact in my adulthood, right. um, Greg and my dad and my father-in-law. And so I was kind of processing what role did they play? And I realized they were my biggest cheerleaders Okay. And next to my kids. They yeah. were my biggest cheerleaders. Oh my gosh. My dad was so proud and just gave me total freedom to talk about whatever I needed to talk about for my childhood. Never took it personally. Just really knew that I had a message to help women and he wanted me to, to put it out there. And so then what I realized is that even though I've lost them physically or emotionally because they're not a part of my everyday world, they're still cheering me on. Yep. Like I know, I mean, Greg has been so, so supportive and even has told people outright, I still hope that you would invite Shannon to come and speak at your church or whatever. Cause he's, he still believes in what I do. He knows that I'm so passionate about helping women and couples and that I can just envision my dad and Jay cheering me on from, from their heavenly home, mm -hmm. you know? And so it, you have to realize that just because someone isn't physically there, like they used to be, the impact and the legacy that they leave behind for you is still active and alive. Absolutely. The message, the message still rings true. Yes. Um, and I want to say that a real turning point for me was here in January, January 2nd was the anniversary of my dad's suicide and January 16th would have been his 78th birthday. And so on both of those days, you know, totally cleared calendar. And I've learned that really the couple days before should be cleared too, because anticipatory grief <laughs> is just as real as the actual grief. Yep. It's like you're grieving about the fact that you're grieving. That's what I've learned about in reading a book called Option B by, I think it's Sheryl Sandberg, yep. the CEO of Facebook. But um, when those dates were approaching, I just, I gave myself 
total freedom to do whatever I needed to do that morning, both mornings, I put on my dad's denim work shirt and no makeup, you know, just, yeah. it's like, I'm not going to see anybody. I'm, I'm not trying to impress anybody. And I just let myself be a blubbering mess. And it was really interesting how at about 4.30 PM on his birthday, the, the second of these two days, like at 4.30, all of a sudden, something very magical happened in my spirit. It was like I turned a corner and I could hear my dad's voice in my head saying, okay, now, baby, that's enough. That's enough. You got to keep pressing on. Like right. you, you, you still got business to do and you can't slow your freight train down forever because of this. And then all of a sudden I realized that my dad got off work at four o'clock and I could set my watch to 4.30 that he would be pulling up in the driveway every day. Okay. Yeah, I would get off the bus at three forty-five, and yep. he would show up at four thirty. Yep. And so I just thought, okay, that was that was a shift that I needed to yeah. be able to just focus back on what I needed to focus on once again. And then finally, the third point is just about developing a new normal around whatever griefs and losses you've suffered. I realized that I had to grieve another loss that I didn't even recognize, and that was of the girl who seemed to have her life so together because she was a happily married woman in ministry that seemed to garner so much respect as a result right. of that. I mean, that's just the society, the society that we live in. Um, but I have learned this, that being divorced doesn't mean being disqualified from your calling yeah. or from, or, or from helping people. And like many other Christians in ministry, like Charles Stanley, Steve Arterburn, Sandy Patty, Amy Grant. I mean, I'm so grateful for those role models who have showed us that life must go on and ministry can go on even as even after a divorce. And so it's taught me that, you know what, setbacks can really be stepping stones to help people in an even deeper way mm -hmm. than you were capable of before, because you've learned things and lived things that you know, some people have it and, right. and I'm very grateful. You know, we can learn to rejoice in our sufferings because they can produce perseverance and yeah. character and hope. And that's exactly where I am is I am so appreciative of all the prayers and the emails of encouragement, especially from listeners who have gone through a divorce or have lost significant loved ones before. Those mm -hmm. are particularly poignant for me. And I just really appreciated the people taking the time. I also really appreciated last week's episode that you did with Dr. Glover. I thought that was very timely. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had had multiple divorces. And so to hear him talk about wife number two or you know, like, it was so unapologetic. Like yeah. he just sounded so firm and solid yeah. in his, his journey is his own. And, and it's had multiple marriages. Yep. End of story. And no the, need for shame. The coolest thing, and this is, I guess, the thought that comes to my mind here, and you talk about this third point, Shannon, is never underestimate the power of being human with another human. Yes. You know, <laughs> just, yeah. you know what? I've we, learned that people aren't judging me nearly as much as I think that I'm. they're judging yep. me, but I've realized that that's not them judging me. That's me judging myself. Yep. And I had to grieve the loss of who I once was and embrace who I am now. Yep. Um, yeah. That what I wrote down on my little piece of paper of things I wanted to remember uh, to say that um, this is my new normal. Being a divorced woman in ministry who doesn't have to have my act totally together and really never did. She right. just thought she did. Right. Um, but that who still loves God and loves marriage and and loves sexuality and teaching married people and single people about what healthy sexuality looks like for them mm -hmm. in their particular season of life. And so I am declaring that I'm more committed than ever to keep building on this foundation of the past 25 years 
And so here is to another 25 years of ministry to married couples. Corey, have you got another 25 years in yet? <laughs> oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't have any. Let me look would at, only be 31 at that point. Let me, let me look at the calendar. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it's clear. <laughs> So yeah, I just, again, want to thank you and Pam and everybody else who've been so supportive of where I am in this journey. It has really helped me get a long way down the road. And I'm, I don't know that we ever get there. Uh, I read that recently that you, yeah. you never, you never get over griefs and losses. Well, you this just whole thing, this, this whole thing kind of like married life. This thing is a journey. It's not a destination, you know, mm-hmm. that soon as it, it I, you can equate it to parenting too. As soon as you get a stage down and understood, they change or you change, right? All of a sudden now right. they wake up and they're an adolescent or they're right. walking <laughs> or they talk back or they are leaving for college. Or So it's, I think that it's just recognizing that, um, you know, this whole time away has really helped me reframe and focus what sexy marriage radio is about. Right. It was kind of a good, all right, hold on. And so that was what was really cool about doing the show with my wife for a majority of the times. And that was really intentional of just trying to, I want she and I to do several one, because I want, I want the world to hear Pam because she rocks. Yeah. I mean, she has great things to say. She's strong. Um, I'm, you know, she carries her own. She puts me in my place. I mean, it's, it's really (laughs) good. And you know, the episode that stands out in my mind the most of where she really shined is the episode about money. Yeah. Like you can just totally tell this is her wheelhouse and she is so a thousand percent confident in her money management skills. And you are one lucky man to be married to a She loves doing that for people, especially like friends that, Hey, I I know, I know you probably don't want to talk business here at life group. No. What do you need? I mean, she loves being able to help people save Good. their money, you know? Yeah. So, but it's just, um, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, Shannon, because if you look at the show as sexy marriage radio has evolved, let's do a quick, quick little recap of the whole show that, uh, this whole thing that we do. Um, you know, there's, there's been Gina that helped get this thing off the ground and you came along around episode 107, something like that after two years of Gina and I, maybe, yeah. and then, um, we did four years and then the the break for you for the sabbaticaling, nice nice verb. Um, and then so Pam stepped in, and it's one of those things I've always valued is I love the shows that we do where it has the energy of it's two people that are professionals that are helping people, not necessarily a couple that's married to each other. Right. Because I think that's a priority. We, I think ha- it, we have our own unique wheelhouses. And I think it gives a different perspective because I don't know about your private life. You don't know about mine because only Pam does. Right? right. And and so it's it's I think that's the way it's designed. <laughs> and even some of the different shows I've heard that are married couples, they some of them do really, really well with that. But sure. Sex and Marriage Radio is a different animal in that our focus has always been how do we bring a professional credentialed viewpoint towards uh, married sex under a Christian lens that uh, talks about the things that people need to be talking about, but also has some backing to it. 
it's and not it just doesn't experience. offend the people who aren't necessarily looking at life and marriage and sex through a Christian lens. I, I, I love the fact that we've created something that is palatable and celebrated by people from all walks of life and from all religious spectrums or paradigms. Yeah, that, health applies to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Sexuality is across the board. I yep. don't care if you're Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or Christian or atheist or what. Yep. We're all sexual beings. That's yeah. what we and all so have in common. I think going forward with Sexy Marriage Radio, one of the things I want to see is, and, and I would love to hear from listeners, uh, 214-702-9565. Call us and leave us a voicemail. But I would love to hear, because we, we share our lives on the, on the air, and then we have callers and emailers that share their life. But the interesting thing to me, how about this for a segue? We get emails that come in of what what happens when I share something with my spouse and it's then used against me? Because even our journey on this show, it's not going to appeal to everybody, right? On, right? on just kind of the decisions we make, the, fo- the topics we cover and the manner in which we cover. Okay, that's fine. But it's that idea of how do we still maintain and recognize we can do this with respect? We can do this. And I think that's what happens in married life that, because here's the email. Let me just, I've kind of alluded to it, but the, the basic yeah. is that um, the husband's emailing in, he's a new listener and his wife has apparently become a psychologist in married sex because of our show. That's the way he's interpreting her, her because apparently she's a frequent listener <laughs> and she now introduced she's the junior him counselor. and she introduced him to the show. And she, he's liked most of it, but here's the issue. His wife says she's an, he's an island that doesn't share his feelings. So he's tried opening up a bit, and sharing himself is very difficult. So the problem is he listened to the show, opened himself up, told her things and fantasies, and now she uses that against her every time, against him every time they fight. So I've explained to her that I don't want the fantasies in real life, but that doesn't seem to make a difference. I even honestly told her I don't care about them or give them a thought, and now she throws my opening up and my previous marriage in my face every time we fight. So it's it's really tainted things because he now has some severe disappointment, frustration, and even some anger and some embarrassment Sure, because shame. of the way all of this is now playing out. Because think about how this happens in married life, Shannon. We have this, tell me, tell me, tell me. And then when they tell me, I don't want to know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It breaks my heart to hear when that happens. And I was recently working with a couple, very similar scenario where she had been married twice before mm-hmm. and he had been married before, but his wife had died. So the fact that she had been divorced twice he would throw that up in her face. And I just had to call to his attention that, you know what? Her two previous marriages were both to men who were very abusive. Right. One physically abusive and the other incredibly verbally and emotionally abusive. And that I applaud her for being strong enough to put down the pen when she recognizes that she's being asked to co-sign on their bullcrap. That she would not be abused continually. And when the abuser refuses to get help, I'm sorry, but that woman needs to set herself free. Right. So the fact that he was married to a strong woman, he needed to celebrate that, not belittle her right. for her past legal history of having to have gone through these divorces. And I called to his attention too that using your spouse's past as a weapon to lob at them, how is that in itself not abusive? You're lining yourself up to be divorced and free if you don't stop. Absolutely. So here's, because this is the way this email ended, was any advice for an old soldier, please? 
You know, so I was like, absolutely, I can give you that. Because to me, I think of this in, in, through this lens, Shannon, that when I give data to somebody else that I care about, and then that data is used against me, one, okay, there's, the, there's a systemic dynamic and relational dynamic that needs to be addressed and maybe confronted in that, hold on a sec, you've asked for this, and now you're throwing this back in my face? So some of it's on the, the partner's shoulders. But the other is on mine. Of If I've given them information about me that is me, the best thing I can do is take the hit for it because it's me. Because if I do that, how does somebody use it against me as much? You know, it's that it's your client of, yeah, but you, this is your third voice, you know, whatever, whatever. And she's like, yeah, it is. What else you got? Right. This reminds me, Corey, I have to say of the conversation that you and I had at that restaurant in Nashville uh-huh. when we were at ATC together. Yep. When I was telling you how much it bothered me that I'm so concerned with what other people think of me. Yep. And especially as a result of the divorce. And you had said, okay, so you just, your stance just needs to be, all right, go ahead. Judge me. Yeah. Okay. Are we over that now? Let's move on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's actually something a client said to me recently. I asked them how they found out about me and they said through Sexy Marriage Radio. And I said, well, did you hear the episode a year ago where I announced that I got divorced? And he said, yeah, we held that against you for a little while, but then we realized you really would be the best person to help us help our daughter. So we got over it really fast. Yeah. So it's like, anyway, yeah, get over the fact that your spouse judged you in that moment because it's going to throw them off kilter to have this new information about their intimate partner. Because it's, it's unfamiliar. It's different. They have to grieve. They have to experience the loss of who they thought they were married to, and they have to develop a new normal. Sure. And they looking at you in a different lens, but it's a clearer lens. It is. You said it really is them and that's okay. But they also have to grow in the discomfort that comes with being closer to somebody else. That's got a dark side and a devious side and a hidden thing. And all, yeah, we all have this. And so whenever my partner gets a glimpse of it or I flat out tell them, that's when it becomes, okay, you know what? You asked for this. This comes along with closeness. It comes along with, you know, we're going to be uncomfortable about knowing some of these things. So I choose to say, then it's on each partner's shoulders to say, okay, what is this revealing about me? Because here's the biggest thing I see that comes up with couples is where there's been some sort of betrayal that's happened. Right. And they've they've rebuilt and they're even a little bit stronger. But in typical typical fashion, we grieve in cyclical natures. You know, mm-hmm. that it's a six Ebbs month anniversary. Flows. It's a one year anniversary. It's a yearly thing for sure. Uh, even if it's been 20 or 30 years since whatever traumatic thing or loss happened, you can still have that rear its head around the anniversary time. And yep. you don't even recognize it consciously. But it's just that idea of. When the betrayed spouse, in this example, um, is hurting because of an anniversary or a trigger or something, and there's nothing that warrants it other than that. There's nothing new. There's no new data that's saying something's going on or happened again. And they come home and they say, I can't believe you did that. The best thing the betrayer could do at that moment, in my put, in my opinion, is look them square in the eye and say, I can't believe I did that either. Yeah, just acknowledge it. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe to even add the the phrase, I'm sorry if that hurt you. I have never liked Mm-mm. that word if. Right. Just say, I'm sorry that that hurts you. Yeah. 
just acknowledge that it it does yep. and it hurts me too that i did that yep. you're not the only one grieving here i grieve my own behavior that's an important understanding to have with yep. your spouse is hey i'm not proud of that yep. i was making myself vulnerable and sharing that but the spouse with how they respond they have to keep in the forefront of their mind that your immediate response and your follow-up responses, because no doubt you're going to have this conversation multiple times yep. over a period of time, determines whether you are viewed as a safe person or an unsafe person. And if you're viewed as an unsafe person, that's going to give your spouse zero confidence to divulge anything else ever again. In fact, I think there are a lot of spouses who then at that point will start hiding things that they wouldn't have necessarily sure. felt the need to hide before. Sure. Because they just don't want the judgment and the condemnation sure. game. It's not worth the, it's not worth the grief that can come with it. But there are I think there's still also some self-awareness things that have to be going on in that you know, I share a fantasy of mine. You know, this goes back to last week's episode with Dr. Glover of his mm -hmm. counsel to men of blurt and act on impulse. I love that. I, yes, I've been, it gave I, you freedom to pop I've Pam on the I've been doing that for wanted. two and a half weeks now, <laughs> you know, that, that I, I'm, I'm trying to just shift that in my own life because it's that whole concept of, you know what? I want Pam to share and experience me. I don't want her to have some pseudo semblance of me of trying to read the situation. So it's that idea. And you don't want to walk on eggshells in your absolutely. own life, in your own house, in your own marriage. So it's like this idea of if you share a fantasy with your partner, just like this email, and she's like, I can't believe you'd want it, you know, whatever. The best thing you can do is say, yeah, I'm not saying I want to do it, but I shared it with you. What else you got? Right. You know, it's almost like I got to stand my ground as a soldier and not defend my territory by being offensive, but mm -hmm. stand up. That's the difference because that's where Schnarch comes right. into this idea of when we present a, an idea or something novel or something erotic that we want to do in our sex life. And they're like, that's gross, perverted and disgusting. Why in the world would you want to do that? If you're not really well developed, you're going to say, oh, I was just joking. I was just kind of testing to see what you thought. Or, you know, I heard I heard Corey say that on Sexy Marriage Radio, and I thought that sounded like a good idea. But he, he's way, way off his rocker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, but if if you're more developed and you got and you have some more solidness to you when you say something and they come back with that's gross, perverted, and disgusting. Why in the world would you want to do that? Your response is going to be that's exactly why I want to do it. It's because it's gross, perverted, and disgusting, and I want to experience it. Okay. Right. If I do or don't, that's a different issue, but I'm sharing what I'm it. interested in and I just own uh -huh. it and that changes everything. I don't know. I, I think of almost children on a playground that I've had this experience with one of my kids before where they, they came home and they were just kind of down and distraught. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, such and such called me a name or whatever. Mm. And I just looked him in the eye and said, is it true? <laughs> you know? Is it true? You know, my kids yeah. are going to need therapy because they're being raised by a therapist. So I know it. I, I'll own that completely. But it's just like, <laughs> is it true? And they were like, no. And I'm like, okay. So then why are you letting, why are you giving that power to them right. for that? Because it's not true. So it's like this whole concept of, I see relationships for sure marriage, but I see relationships as self-development boot camp. That is exactly yes. what it is. And yes. so the more I can own me and say unapologetically, but also with some awareness and some humility to me of this is me 
and I'm in refining and I'm in a process and then I'll, I will evolve as things need, but I'm not a chameleon. I don't try to adjust and morph to every situation. I've got to still be me to maintain a course of being good and solid in my world. The more I do that, the more I take away the power other people have to truly hurt me. Yes. Yes. And the most profound statement I have ever encountered through my work with codependency and stuff is that it's none of my business what other people think of me. <laughs> and sometimes that includes your spouse. It's none of your business what your spouse, that's, that's on them if they're having a hard time with it. Yep. Let them process yep. their grief and their loss and develop a new normal. And yep. hopefully you're a part of that. Well, and if not, gosh. And I then it that. comes down but to it's not what they think. Because what, what matters to me, Shannon, when you're talking about married life and for sure a sexual relationship with somebody, thoughts and feelings are one thing, decisions and actions are another. Very different. So if somebody thinks things about me, but it does not really alter the way they act around me, then why do mm. I care? Mm, very true. <laughs> right? But if very they true. act differently around me, that's where I've got to stand up and say, you know what? I feel like you're treating me this way, like in this emailer. I feel like that is being used as ammo against me. Yeah. If you want to continue that path, I, it, it's not boosting us. That's on you. Yep. To work through your need to lob the grenades. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, girl, it's been good to see you and have you back in the chair. I can't tell you how delighted I am to be back and how refreshed I feel. Again, thank you for letting me lay down in the back seat and take that nap. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the break's over. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, we love you for listening.